There are many reasons people go into business for themselves. They see an underserved niche and want to fill it, hate their jobs and want to become their own boss or think they can produce a better product and or service than anyone else. There are no doubt many other reasons, but many people simply realize exchanging hours for dollars is limited. Starting your own business means you can work as much or as little as you would like, and there is no limit to what you can earn. And all of this is true, but those that don't take intentional thought into business ownership will likely get chewed up and spit out. If a small business owner can't answer the question, what separates your business from your competition? Then there is a long uphill battle in their future. Today, we will help you get over that hump and give you some tips and steps to consider when setting out to separate you from your competition on this episode of The Business Buffet. Welcome to The Business Buffet Podcast with Ed Bejarana and Phil Anderson. This is a conversation in and around business with a pinch here and a sprinkle there of anecdotal stories. Like most buffets, we will offer the staples, you know, the things that are in every buffet, the meat and potatoes with a cursory helping of veggies. Our Business Buffet podcast aims to give you the fundamental principles and strategies any successful business needs to know. Please subscribe to the Business Buffet podcast wherever you download your podcasts. We hope you're hungry as the Business Buffet is open and ready to serve. Now, here is Ed Bejarana and Phil Anderson. Welcome back or welcome to another episode of the Business Buffet. I am Phil Anderson and with me, not to the right, not to the left, and certainly not behind me, but staring right back at me from across the recording desk is the one, thank goodness, the only, like, why would you want another, Ed Bejarana. Hi, Ed. Hi. No, I need more than that. Hi, Ed. How's it going? Hi, Phil. I'm doing good. How about you? <laughs> I just gave you the most energetic introduction, and that's all you have? I'm hungry. Oh. You know, we didn't even talk about, uh, really did not talk too much about food on the last episode. We did bring hot dogs into it, I think. Well, that's right. I mentioned hot dogs. <laughs> Did I mention the part I'm hungry? Yes, you did. I'm, and so did your stomach. Your stomach, I can hear the growl all the way from here. You know, I need to prog- program that in as a sound effect. <laughs> well, we have, that op- we have that option if we want to pull the trigger on that. Um, in yesterday's side dish, I talked about branding basics and how branding really is all-encompassing. Your brand defines you, your business, and what you stand for. Of course, it all starts with your why, but it grows from there. For Anderson Social Media Solutions, what separates me from my competition is hands-on social media management. I am a small agency and as such can be very easy to get a hold of and can pivot on a dime. I have a decent knowledge in many things, sports, wine, exercise, music, business, just to name a few, and I bring a down-to-earth level head, a voice of reason. I tend to not get too emotional. I also bring a certain personality and, dare I say, charisma. (laughs) And dare I say, charisma. (laughs) Okay, two is enough. To every business relationship. For those who know me, you can roll your eyes now or giggle. I have uh, adopted the serve first mentality and a genuine want to give more than my clients expect. 
By having a smaller agency, not much more can get by me. If I were to have a full staff, there's more chance for epic failures, and we see it all the time in social media. I have intimate knowledge of my clients that few in my space can duplicate. That's what separates me with Anderson Social Media Solutions with my competition. Ed, what separates Zenith exhibits from your competitors? I can smoke ribs better than all other web developers on the planet. So that is your, that is your key? Actually, it is. I, I throw barbecues for, for company functions. I, I was just talking to a client uh, three weeks ago down in California. They were talking about, you know, how are we going to recover from this coronavirus thing? I said, throw a barbecue. Yeah, they, they build cabinets. And I said, you know, everybody loves a good barbecue. Throw a barbecue. Make it your own personal trade show display. So really pretty much everything around me revolves around food. You know, and it's interesting. You say barbecue and you do ribs. That, you know, that's, that's, uh, there's, there's investment of time, money, and you got to know what you're doing. If, especially if you're going to do ribs, you want to do good ribs. Absolutely. Does not mean you have to do ribs. No, it can mean you can do burgers and, and dogs and bratwurst right. and things like that. And those are real simple to do. And the cost level goes down. It still gets people there. Now, however, okay, I, I said it kind of in jest and, and sort of flippantly. But, but actually, uh, I had a, a, a dear friend of mine. I met him at a networking event, and, and uh, he was, is a professional barbecuer. And I've always thought of myself as a good grill man. I could, I could barbecue a hamburger just as good as anybody. Until I met John, John Begoria, dear, dear friend of mine, Pastor John Begoria. He taught me that I knew nothing about barbecuing. He cooked low and slow, and he taught me how to do ribs and brisket and pulled pork. And, and when I started moving up market from the hamburgers and hot dogs to the ribs and brisket, the dollar value of the business I booked at my barbecues went up tenfold. True story. So I, I, I would book anywhere from forty to $60,000 in business at every single barbecue that I put on. That is a really good ROI. Yeah. That's a really good ROI. Now, we are offering up this, and this this is not in my notes because I threw it over there and hadn't having no idea None, what you're going to say, no right? No idea where But the going. beautiful part of this is, yeah, you can start with the dogs and burgers and brats, oh my, and work your way up. You, you, <laughs> No, you have no mustard on your mouth, um, but you can work your way up. So you start there. You get good at that, right? Because it, it, like anything, there's a skill set involved. Well, and what it shows, you got to be good. So you asked, what differentiates me? What separates me from my competitors? I'm really good. I am very, very good. And I'm good because I pay attention to the details. Everything that I do, at least at the public sees, is good. So I, I don't cut corners. I don't chintz on the, um, on the final product. I don't try to hide anything. If there's something that goes wrong, I bring it up immediately. I'm the first one to fall on my sword if something goes sideways. Most web developers, it's like, oh, it wasn't me. It was the designer. Well, it wasn't me. It's a, it's the a server. Pass the buck. So I don't believe in passing the buck. I believe in taking responsibility. And that set me apart. Honestly, when I went into this business... I really didn't think I was anything different than just a technical surrogate. And as I got into 
the web development side of the business, I found that what was special was my unwavering discipline towards excellence. And, and so that's really important. And again, we did like so long ago, it seems the whole lip service versus customer service. It, we are expecting that your product and service is very good, but some that most of the time that's not enough, right? You have to have some separation. What is it that separates you? From your competition. If it's a barbecue, that's fantastic. That just means you're raising the level. Someone, you're one of your clients is much more apt at a barbecue to pull you aside and say, you know, I got to tell you, things have not been going great. And this is why, and I've just been too afraid I was going to let you go or whatever it is. And they're like, you know, I, I just don't want that to happen, but we need to, can we work on this? And you're perfect. We're in a very, our guards are down, right? Well, and that's the point. The point here is, you know, I've always felt that when you eat, you you build up a kinship. But it's communication. So if you break it down to the basic essence, what's the psychology behind the barbecue? It's the communication. I become more approachable than my competitors. And And I don't even have to host a barbecue to do that. I always present a giver's attitude for the last three weeks. We've been talking about the giver's premium. That's not lip service for me. That really is who I am. Yeah, I talk about it in this podcast kind of in a a flippant way, really, in in a, a comedic approach. But it is who I am. It's the way I live. And that lowers the barriers to having an open conversation with people. And it's that is the differentiation that just gets me tons more business. I build more websites than firms with 20 people on staff. So it's, it's good to know your strengths. You, you want your strengths to coincide with what separates because it's not work then. Right. I mean, it, it comes very naturally. Um, I'm going to talk about some examples of, businesses and and or brands who do a good job of separating themselves from their competition. Um, how about in products? Do you have any uh, examples of products that separate themselves from their competition and, and what, what, are, what are those reasons they separate themselves? Uh, Johnson's Brats and Foster Farms. Okay. Excellent, excellent products. Uh, Foster Farms, I don't believe, is producing many products right now. Well, yeah, they're, <laughs> they've kind of got the cluck, but, you know. <laughs> they've got the cluck? Has Rona ruined their uh, production? I don't know. That was the only thing I could think of on the spot. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm, I've gone to Rona now and instead of saying Corona. But Johnsonville Brats. Um, yeah. Oh, they're great. You know, I, I, um, I just saw a commercial. They make a, um, a cooker. They make a brat cooker specifically for the brats, but but that's an aside. No, they they are meticulous about the ingredients that go into their sausages, and their sausages are excellent. Are they the best? Probably not. But I love them. I, I they're really, the best you can get at the grocery store. Yeah. How about uh, so the? I think the obvious. Now that's really good. Those are two great examples. I don't know about Foster Farms one way or another, uh, but their their marketing is above anybody well you think about mass production uh it, it all comes in scales i mean chicken is hard to distribute mm. it's it's not an easy food to distribute and i i love the foster farm bone in chicken thigh 
I, I think those are the best on the market. And so does your stomach because it growled again. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so Apple, for, in terms of products, Apple comes to mind for most people just in their sleek design. They, <laughs> they really were trendsetters far and away above, uh, before anybody else. And they didn't have to make a, a product that looks the way it looks. No, but Steve was insistent. Now, you know, they almost went under. Microsoft almost took them down. Is that right? And do you know the argument that Steve made that Bill bought into? It was, if you don't have Apple around, then the SEC is going to scrutinize your filing. You've got to have us as a competitor in the marketplace. True story. That is why Bill Gates pumped millions of dollars into Apple Computer to keep them alive. Now, that is not a story I knew. Interesting. How nice of Bill to help his competitor stay. But it... You know, that's uh, survival <laughs> at its best. Uh, Coach is uh, another product, uh, purses and things like that. I know that because Shelly loves Coach, and, and she says, look, I buy a purse once a year, and it weathers the storm. Uh, Mercedes, obviously, in the, in the car market, uh, and you could even go up from that, Lamborghini or whatever, but Mercedes is more of a, a mass-produced uh, luxury car. Well, I don't know about Lamborghini. You get in a head-on collision with a golden retriever, your car is totaled. Well, golden retriever walks away. <laughs> so Lamborghini. Sorry, we won't have Lamborghini as a as, as a, a sponsor, sponsor either. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, the word that list continues to grow, uh, and you know, I put down smart speakers, and obviously, ooh, I, I got to hear this. Which one is your favorite? Well, you know what my favorite is. Yeah, but I want you to say it publicly. No. Okay, Alexa. You like Alexa? Echo, Echo Dot, yeah. yeah. See, I had Alexa. I had, I had four Alexa Dots in the house, and they were all playing together just fine. I mm-hmm. could you know, play everywhere. And, but then they started bugging out on the next update. And then Alexa, I noticed, was listening to everything that I was talking about. And I knew that because my wife and I would be talking about something, and then the next time I went to my computer, an ad popped up for what we were talking about. So that's interesting. Now. I don't like that. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. Would you rather have an ad pop up of something that you weren't interested in? Well, I'd rather not have, have an, an ad, ad pop, pop up, up from my conversation. So this actually happened in our house. Shelly had a conversation going with somebody on the phone. Talked about something. This is before Alexa was ever in our house. And something popped up on Facebook. Wow. Yeah, so that that get that's getting a little creepy. But I digress. The reason I say smart speakers is uh, Amazon was first to market and ahead of Apple, ahead of Google on the smart uh, speakers, and that's what separated them. They they were the category king. I believe they're still the category king. Uh, and who knows how that will all play out? But it's it's that separation. How about in service? Les Schwab. Ooh, good, good one. That's a great one. I mean, with a slogan, sudden service. Uh, yeah, I mean, are they the best tires in the world? No. But, I mean, free a lot pop- more money. Free popcorn, free coffee, got yeah. my vote. <laughs> no, that, that, that's, a, that's a great example. In fact, uh, I don't have this on my notes either, but Jimmy John's, uh, similarly, you go in right. and order something and, and pay for it and literally go down and it's done. You, you know, I always I always made fun of their commercials. You know, they call Jimmy John's to come put the fire out at the house. <laughs> but, you know, there's some truth to message there. Those guys are fast. Yeah, exactly. They are. They are. And 
that's their culture and that's what separates them. Right. They will subway. Uh, what's the, uh, fire firehouse, firehouse. Yeah, fire, so yeah. Really, really good. Good sandwiches. Yeah. But they're now their separation is they are feeding right into a fireman's fund. Well, yeah, they want women. I mean, women like good looking firemen. So I think they just like firemen. I don't care. I, I think it friends. matters if they're she, good looking. She just had her, I think 36th birthday. And, uh, the, the, uh, fire department was going around the neighborhoods doing a, a boot collection drive. Right. You know, they usually do it in the intersections, but everybody shut down because of coronavirus. Right. So like her girlfriends are having a party at her house and they see the firemen in the neighborhood and they say, Oh my goodness, you got to come here, come here, come here, come here. So she had seven firemen at her birthday. I saw the pictures. They shouldn't be good for public consumption. I'm just saying. I, you know, I think I've mentioned that Shelly is a blazing diva here in town and they, when they go to parades, there's the, the fire department is in the parade. Oh my God. These ladies, oh, yeah. they're like, <laughs> we get photo opportunity and talk all around about, the truck. Talk and, about service. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on. Experience. <laughs> Do you have anything for experience before I get in big trouble? You know, Rolls Royce is what <laughs> popped into my head. Here's a company that's been doing it by hand for a hundred plus years. Um, there, there's so many that fit into this category. Um, that, that's the one that comes to my mind right off the bat. So, Fleet Feet. It's it's interesting. They grew from a single store in Sacramento to 170 plus locations across the country despite the shrinking role of retail in most communities, Fleet Feet continues to expand. And it's because it's a brand focused on people and experience over product. Again, we're back at the transactional mindset versus the serve mindset. Give someone an experience that they can remember. They will be an ongoing customer. Look, even Les Schwab, they are a little bit more spendy than other tires. What are they, 5 or 10% more? I've really not noticed a big difference. Right. So if they were double, that would probably not come into play. Right. But, it's, you know, Nordstrom, you get the, the price, the service, and the, um, oh, come on. Price, service. Selection. No, no. The three things you can give a client. Price service a receipt oh for the love of god i know this is not going to get edited out either and i'm going to be really really cranky about that the three things that any business can give a client prize service quality (laughs) (laughs) this will definitely make it on the business bite at your nearest alexa echo dot um price service and quality okay but they they strip out your choice they're going to give you quality and service right pick two yeah and and so you're they're not giving you that choice okay so anyway you were gonna say something and i just rambled on well it was gonna be sarcastic anyway so that's just, just do it just do it you can't remember okay so how about we reverse engineer this and talk about actual brands and see if we can dissect what makes them strong industry leaders and category kings that separates them from their competitors okay, okay. What do you think of when I say Coca-Cola? Hmm. Boy, I don't drink Coke anymore. I don't know. Do you drink soda at all? 
I very rarely. Yeah, I I really try to stay away from that too. You know, um, boy, trying to remember sugary, sugary. Do you remember the uh, Coke Pepsi wars? Oh, I do. I mean, Pepsi nearly overtook Coke until they created the new Coke and then Coke Zero, and and people said, no, no, we want the new old Coke is the old Coke back to the new Coke. Now I'm super confused, <laughs> and your stomach is still growling. Uh, Airbnb. Oh, certainly. <laughs> Again, I've never used them. You, You've you, never used Airbnb? I've never used Airbnb. Okay, so what Airbnb did, you know of them. Oh, I know of okay, them, but so, I, mean, I haven't I mean, you experienced don't, them, so I can't reverse engineer No, but what, but but what I'm asking is what makes that separation. So you haven't done business with every possible business in the world, but you still have knowledge of them. Airbnb brought another option to people who wanted to stay overnight somewhere right. that wasn't a freaking hotel. Well, I think actually what they really did was they brought an income opportunity to people who had space being unused. Oh, that's too true as well. Yeah. yeah. So they brought these two ends together, um, you know, kind of like Uber. It, it, it used to be, you know, taxis, they were paying a million, million two for a medallion in New York City. Uber comes into town and now people can get a ride from, well, I got an extra seat sitting in my car. Why can't I get somebody to take that ride with me? Can I tell you something? In Seattle, <clears throat> the yellow taxi company, yellow cab company, whatever it's called, you would take, you'd call a cab, get in a cab. No one got out to get your door. They collected your money. They had no conversation. Half the time, it's because they couldn't. I'll keep it at that. The car stunk. They had plastic on the back seat. Do I need to go on? And they were old cars. And you're right. They stunk. Uber comes in with the exact model you just said. And all of a sudden, when that happened in Seattle, new fleet of cars a little, uh, little bit of competition. And a little a little bit too late. Yeah. I mean, this was a monopoly the cab uh, industry had, and they, they could care less about the service. Uber comes in and recruits all of these extra seats, like you say. And they're, they have a criteria of the certain quality of car. It can't be more than eight years old. It's got to be in good shape. And, yeah, people are making money giving people rides. They're going to do the commute anyway. I mean, that, that was the idea of it. You're driving to San Francisco anyway. You got three empty seats. You yeah. might as well make some, make some money from it. Exactly. How about uh, McDonald's? Oh, now there I have some experience. <laughs> in fact, I, I've I been... I didn't skip that one. I've been the most favorite customer at uh, 100 McDonald's in my... No, I'm kidding. I was going to say, is there a, a, a medallion or yeah. a badge you get for that? I got them on speed dial. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> my wife's out of town. <laughs> No, I mean, there's consistency. Mr. Baver Horana, what can we get you tonight? Right. A Big Mac? Food consistency. I know exactly what I'm going to get no matter what McDonald's I go to. That's exactly what they set out to do. That's right. Although, back in the day, people didn't really realize that McDonald, McDonald's, their model was by property. Mm -hmm. yeah, it was a real estate holding company. Yeah, exactly. Largest in the world. Yep. Uh, how about Ikea? Oh, yes. Cheap furniture. You well, have to put it together. You too. have to put it together. That's right. 
Some okay. assembly required. And why do we have these extra pieces? That's right. Because I'm more efficient. <laughs> I know how to put this stuff together better than the manufacturer. There you go. Uh, Amazon. You know, this is a company that keeps reinventing themselves every step of the way. In an impressive way, right? Very impressive yeah. way. Um, you know, what started out as just an opportunity to resell books uh, became a, an empire in e-commerce that then became a computing resource um, magnet. Most main servers are being run off of an Amazon server of some sort. You can rent time by the second. Uh, they they are kind of a powerhouse, and i i don't I don't remember their company motto. I should because I've studied them, but. Yeah, Bezos has got a, a brilliant program. Yeah, I, I mean, for those who don't like it when people are uber successful, uh, probably don't like Bezos for a number of reasons. And there are things that maybe he's done that you could argue uh, are contrary, you know. Well, a lot of people complain about Amazon like they complain about Walmart. But Amazon doesn't make anything. They're a distributor of everybody else's stuff. Right, exactly. They don't make a thing. They well, don't when you a, said they don't make anything, I'm like, no, they make a lot of money. A lot of money, yeah. They, they manufacture money. And apparently cardboard, too. That's but, right. But no, they don't manufacture anything. Everything they sell is produced by somebody else and distributed through or procured through Amazon. Right. So what Amazon did was give small business who have absolutely no means to create an e-commerce solution access to not just an e-commerce solution but billions of customers yeah I mean, it's it's really a fabulous story that obviously has a lot more playing out to do it'll be interesting to see how that works how about jet blue i love jet blue they came out with leather seats plenty of room uh standardized service plane to plane didn't matter you were going to get the exact same treatment and it was much better than Southwest. I uh, have only recently had the opportunity to fly JetBlue. Uh, you know, I've never flown JetBlue. Yeah, just for the first time. It was about six months ago. Yeah. And uh, it, it was impressive. I studied them in business school, but I've never actually flown on JetBlue. Um, we don't get that much of an opportunity around here. Well, at my weight, it's not real comfortable anymore. Well, they give you really nice wide seats. They are wide seats. And leather. You know, I, I always joke at the person that I get on the plane with at Southwest, I'm sorry, I'm going to be taking half your butt space. <laughs> okay, well, have you got any others that you want to throw out there before I move on? Can't think of any. Okay. Now, you. That's right. You. You may be listening right now and saying, well, that's all well and good. These are huge brands with huge budgets. True. But... Watch what they do and how they do it, and they will show you what it takes to separate your business from your competition. We're going to take a real quick break, but when we come back, we're going to walk through some steps you can take to gain that separation from your competitors. Are you looking to keep an eye on things? At F1 for Help, we offer a variety of solutions. One way F1 for Help can help to keep an eye on physical things is by offering a variety of camera solutions, ranging from single camera systems all the way to 32 camera systems. With our computer and networking monitoring service, 
we can keep an eye on your computers and network to make sure they are operating at their peak. If you have a system that isn't working its best or are looking to implement a system, give us a call at 208-687-0183. At F1 for help, we clean windows, but we aren't janitors. Welcome back. We have given loads of examples of businesses, companies, and brands that have risen to the top of their industry because they separate themselves from their competition with their actions, culture, products, and service, or any combination of those. Sure, there can be a slip-up along the way. McDonald's and Coke are two that almost lost their number one status but we're able to rebound. Ed, what is something a small business might be able to do, big or small, that can separate them from their competitors? You know, you know when you wrote this down, um, I, I kind of felt like you wanted me to talk about something specific in their business, but what kept popping into my mind is what they could do something specific to themselves to change the appearance of their business. And what what kept bubbling up to the top is join your local Rotary Club. Get involved in a service organization. Rotary motto is service above self. I think putting an outward look into the community to present yourself as a resource, as a community leader, you'll do more for your small business than just about any advice I could give you to work on your business. So that, again, is giving without expectation right exactly and it is amazing when you really implement this culture and paradigm how that does come back in a a very strong way well and if you look at what you know coke and JetBlue and all of these companies apple all of these companies we talked about ahead of time what are they doing to differentiate themselves what are they doing to improve their position in the marketplace they're already making products to the optimal level for what they've set out. You know, McDonald's didn't set out to be the best hamburger in the world. They just wanted to be the same every time. Same as Starbucks coffee. That's right. And their their coffee is overpriced. But you know, no matter what Starbucks you walk (laughs) into anywhere in the world, it's going to be the exact same cup of coffee. You know what you're going to be getting. So these companies, they've already reached the pinnacle of what their product and or service can offer. So the way they are working on differentiating themselves are what they're doing in the community, especially now with coronavirus. They're they're starting funds. They're building, making masks. They're creating opportunities. I mean, look at what the, who is the football player that paid for the salaries of everybody at the Coliseum where he where he played. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying not, to think I'm not of a big sports was. fan, but it was right after the announcement. He decided, I'm going to cover the wages for everybody who works there. I think he's a basketball player, actually. Yeah, and I was going to say Russell Wilson, but he does so many other things. It, it wouldn't surprise me if it was him, but I know what you're talking about, and that is his way of giving back. By the way, they're now being asked to cut their salaries and stuff, and so that's the big... But, you know, when you're... <laughs> That the pro athlete makes, I don't even care what level athlete you are in professional sports, you're making a really good income. And to put that back in the community and those people that help you to have a career, the vendors, 
the the workers at the Coliseum or the uh, arena, right? All of that stuff. That's that's saying a lot. So that's very very uh, strong action. That's what I wanted to say. Uh, so that's good. Yes, find a Rotary Club in your area that you resonate with, and honestly, really any service organization is good. We both are Rotarians, and so we lean that way. Uh, how about deliver extraordinary service? I didn't say excellent. I said extraordinary. You know, <clears throat> and here's where I kind of struggle. You know, I, we had an episode a few few weeks back where we talked about some people uh, overpromise um, and underdeliver, or the other way around. The other way around, right? underpromise, overdeliver. <clears throat> and what they're really if you're doing, doing it the other way, you're probably not going to be business. For well, long. what they're really doing is they're holding back on their service offering. They're not actually giving all that they've got. I, I'm a little hesitant to change the level of service or the quality of service that I'm providing. I provide the same service whether the client's paying a dollar or $1,000. To me, adjusting the service isn't the point. Adjusting the added or the add-ons, sure. I may, like for instance, I was just talking to a client today. <clears throat> they have a pediatrician office. Their challenge, it's like an executive suite, but for doctors. But in this office, there's no suite numbers. You know, where if you go to an executive suite, and you know, there's 100 businesses located in the, in the complex, you got, you know, 100 Main Street, Suite 1, Suite 2, Suite mm-hmm. 30. That doesn't happen in this pediatrician's office. And they were trying to figure out a way to improve their search engine position. We've been talking via email for the last couple of days. And I said, we just, we just need to call. Just call me. We need to have a conversation because I, I need to dive down a little bit deeper. So, so we talked just this morning. And I said, so t- tell, me, tell me what you're trying to solve. Because you know they were trying to create another Google local listing for all of the doctors, and they were telling me the tactics that they wanted to use without giving me the solution that they wanted to solve. <laughs> so I, I got them back to. I will tell you how I want this to work. To, to, you know, what are you trying to solve? He says, "Well, we're trying to get better position on the search engine." I said, "Okay, so what keywords are you looking for?" Well, this, you're going to laugh at this one because this this one's good. I said, "So what keywords?" So she said, "Well, like Oregon City pediatrician." Okay, now if you go right now, doesn't matter where you are in the United States of America, and you search for Oregon City Pediatrician, the very first site that's going to come up organically is Oregon City Pediatrics. So I said, but you're already in the first place. (laughs) She says, well, yeah, but we want a higher higher listing in the maps. You're in first place there too. What do you want? Well, we figure if we put in all of the doctors, then we'll take up all the spots. I said, yeah, that doesn't work. That's not the way Google's going to do it. They're, they're only going to list you once, but you're at the top. So if you want but any I want more, to be higher than number one. If you want any more, what you're going to have to do is pay for it. And then we talked about a call-only campaign. Right, right, right. But, you know, there's an example where they're just trying to get more business from organic search results. And in my case, I, I actually told them, I said, I'm not the guy to help you. I, you know, you're in Oregon. I'm here. You, you need an advertiser sitting there local who can come in, talk to the doctors, and, and I'm 500 miles away. I cannot do it. I can advise you over the telephone, but you should get with somebody local. And this is a client who has been paying me to maintain their website for eight years. Wow. So 
that's a level of service, I think, that you would be talking about from the standpoint of when you need to disengage or when you need to make an offering suggestion that doesn't include you, you need to bring the integrity, your integrity into the offering. That's what customers are counting on because when they ask for your advice, they need to trust that it's the right advice. I absolutely agree with that. What I, what I want to push back a little bit on is the under-promise, over-deliver. Let's say you have on a scale of 1 to 10, you deliver at a 9. To deliver a 10 in your scope is not going to be practical, and a 9 is okay. Don't promise a 9. Promise a 7. You will still over-deliver. You haven't changed the service aspect of that, right? The service is still the same. No, and I understand what okay, you're saying. Yeah, I, yeah. I just come at it from a, I'm a facilities engineer. So when we put a pump in the basement to service a fluid to the fab, mm -hmm. I come from the semiconductor industry, that pump runs at one speed, full speed. You turn it on, it's either on or it's off. Mm -hmm. And when it's on, it's pumping fluid. The valve, we can control the flow, but the pump is operating at the same speed. I'm the pump. In my service industry, I'm the pump. I operate at one speed. That's what you get. Now, I don't create, I'll readily admit, I'm never going to win a Webby. I don't create the greatest looking websites. I create business professional looking websites. And I've done, I've worked with more than 2,000 customers across right. the United States. I'm in high demand. But I, I'm first to admit, I'm not a graphic artist. I'm not going to be a pixel pusher. You're not going to hang this on the wall and, and marvel at the Picasso-like finish. This is going to be effective for your customers. So, so you are in the you are in this lane, and you're staying in that lane, and right. that's the lane people expect you but, to be. So in your analogy, I would be operating at the seven. I can't go to a ten, right? Because that's not me. I do not do the eight, nine, or ten. Right. I do the seven, but I don't do a five. I do all yeah, the eight, seven. nine, or ten. Also, are like four, five, and ten times the. Exactly. Cost, okay. Right. So you you have picked that, and that and that's what people expect. How about um, address, find out, and address customer pain points? You remember when we we had uh, uh, Dr. Brent Zastro on a, a ingredients episode? It was February twentieth. We published that. His new model of dental practice is directly hitting the pain points of dental patients. It's been an ongoing pain point for dental patients. Mm -hmm. Oh, I have dental insurance? Great. I would, I'd like to see the dentist. Well, you have to wait a year before. I mean, I'll be paying insurance for a year? Yeah. But I can't see the dentist and have the insurance paid. No. That's a big problem. And this doctor came up with a subscription program. Brilliant. Yes. Now, the subscription model in and of itself is not is not different, but it's different in the dental uh, um, niche, yeah, right? I work with a lot of dentist offices uh, all over the country. I've never heard of another dentist that does it. There's another company coming into town that I can't wait till they get into our neighborhood. I think they're working there very soon. TDS Fiber. Um, <laughs> they're addressing some very painful pain points. And to a person, everyone I talk to can't wait to rid themselves of Spectrum or Verizon. By the way, I don't care. We're not getting them as a sponsor. I don't care. Any, um, any other ideas about pain points? Well, I, I just mentioned Oregon City Pediatrics. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, that for falls sure. into one of those. How about, so, and, and we talk to small business all the time. Now, we just want to cover everything. Actually, 
you're doing yourself a disservice. Correct. Find a narrow niche and focus on it. Um, stay away from statements such such as, we make all kinds of this, or we do everything you can think of. Really? Um, I was thinking I might need a, a manhole cover. Or brain surgery. Or brain surgery. Yeah. <laughs> That's a better example. <laughs> I, I need brain surgery. Can you help me? Well, it says you, you do everything that I can think of. Stay away from those statements. Get into a narrow niche and focus on it and serve it well. Don't try to be everything to your customer. In no. fact, when and this comes from a point of fear. I, I, I've known so many small businesses where they just keep adding service after service after service. And it's like, why do you do that? You're not good at it. Well, I need the business. You know, I can do it, but you're not an expert at it. Why are you doing that? And they think that they can't make a living in their small market. And that's short-sightedness. Oh, yeah, it is. How about create a powerful offer or guarantee? Oh, absolutely. Guarantee, I think, is a minimum. You offer a money-back guarantee. Guaranteed satisfaction. You're not happy, I'll give you your money back. How about this? Zappos, early on, they were an online shoe store. They realized very early that customers might be hesitating to buy things online. So they offered a one-year return policy. Wow. One year. One-year return policy. That's on cigarette lighters? Nope, not on cigarette. Uh, shoes. They don't sell cigarette lighters. Oh, I thought you said Zippo. No, it was Zappos, not oh, Zippo. Oh, Zappo. Sorry. It, it took you explaining yeah. so before I got that. <laughs> anyway, their one-year return policy, uh, it reduced the barriers to buying shoes because you can take an entire year to decide whether you want to keep the shoes. Not only that, they offered free shipping both ways. So you purchase something, they'll send it to you. You're not paying for shipping. And say after six or seven months, you're like, these are just not doing it. You send them back, not paying for shipping, and they'll accept the return. Now, it's, again, like the Nordstrom return policy. They know they're going to get bad returns, but they're, they sell so much more because of that guarantee that it, makes, it more than makes up for that, right? Absolutely. Amazon took the wait time away from uh, by offering free two-day delivery. And in some markets now, and we're really close to that with this uh, Spokane distributor. Same day. Yeah. Same day, exactly. Yeah. So what if, what if you and your small business did something simple, just simple, by guaranteeing that every phone call or email is returned within, I don't know, two hours or a, uh, during business hours or something like that, you know? It, something simple, and then you work from there. You know your competition. What are what? Gosh, we just talked about trade shows last week. Right. You get, hey, I got thirty-five leads. Great. Have you called any of them? Nope. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's where you can start by separating yourself from your competition by actually doing those Following calls. Through. Gosh, I mean, something so simple. How about cre creating uh, like a memorable culture? We talked about experience before, right? Now. This can kind of re re work in reverse. So if you make your business a fun place to work, you bring in good people to work for you, happy employees equals happy customers in virtually every case. So now you've created a culture to where that's what separates you from your competition. Well, and you look back on Apple or Google or <clears throat> even Amazon, they've got their cultures in their environment um, I used to work at, you know, 
just thought of this. It's the um, they made the greatest synthesizer keyboards in the world. They were located right there in Scotts Valley. I worked next door to the building. Um, Borland Computer, I not think Casio. No, I think it's called <laughs> eSonic or something like that. Anyway, they were brilliant keyboards, and um, they <laughs> they didn't have offices or cubicles per se. It, it was like a big studio. The whole business was a big. Everybody had a keyboard in there. I mean, you had the office where the marketers and 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 administrative folks worked, but all of the designers, the engineers, it was like a big jam session. They all had keyboards, and they were all playing this keyboard, and their, their keyboard was just absolutely amazing. I couldn't afford it at the time, but I loved, loved their keyboards. You know, uh, another way to separate yourself from your competition, become a socially conscious business. As you've heard of Tom's, the, the shoe store, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they're a shoe company that helps one person in need for every pair of shoes that are sold. What if you... And again, a pair of shoes that can, I mean, that's taking your profits in half. So that's kind of a big, can be a big bite. What if you just donated something small with every sale of a particular item? Well, is it half or is it, is the margin such that when you buy that volume, you're not cutting half? Maybe it's only 10%. Right. Yeah. You know, so you, you've got to look at the other side of the equation. That's true. So, you're buying twice as many shoes from the manufacturing that's going to come with a discount. Right. And, and so, and what I said, it, it just take the small little one too, and, because small amounts to big when continued. That's what I tell my <laughs> wife all the time. <laughs> oh, I'm just going to skip to this one because this is a very quirky thing you just said. Don't be afraid, Ed, to be quirky and weird if it makes sense. Not sure if it made sense there. Good, I'm going to edit this one. (laughs) I'm not sure if it made sense there. Uh, But if you are quirky and weird, and by the way, yeah, okay, fine. Yeah, you can't see that, and it's best. Uh, We we mentioned something during the, the using live video and and videotaping things that would show your personality in your business. Here's the thing. It's okay to be quirky and weird if it makes sense. Here's a really weird idea I came up with on this. I might have to implement it in my company. If your company sends out Christmas cards, why not consider sending out 4th of July cards instead? It's different. People aren't inundated with cards in July. That's so right. you'll stand out. Be I, different. You know, and, and that's just a little thing, Right. But it's also showing patriotism and things like that. Just a, on a whim, I came up with that. Just surprise and delight your customers. Ed, do you have any other way a small business might surprise and delight their customers? Early on, I delivered a rack of ribs with a new website. Everything involves food. It does. It's, you know, it's branding. It's all about branding. Were they cooked or not cooked? Of course they were cooked. Okay. <laughs> you don't want to create that memorable. Here, here's moment. some ribs. Yeah. Good luck with them. <laughs> Put them on there for about six hours at 225. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. Uh, you know, <clears throat> something else that you can do to create a memory. Uh, sponsor a Little League. Ooh, that's a great idea. You know, get out there and, and get involved in your community. Uh, we... I got a friend here locally. He's got an employee that works for him, and his son played on the team that went and won the Little League World Series. Now, his dad's been coaching him in baseball since Pee Lee. 
Peewee League. Now he is a, a champion baseball player in the World Series, Little League World Series. That guy had a lot of press. And so did my friend because it was his truck driving down Main Street for the celebration parade. But do it regardless of the payback. Do it because you're going to feel better doing it. Well, there will not be any Little League World Series this year. Nope. But the the idea behind that is you've got these teams that have sponsorship. At least when I played, they had they had the sponsor name on the jersey. Mm-hmm. That just gets your name out there. That's front of mind. That's name recognition. And in a small community and a small business, that is really good ROI. Well, and everybody who's sitting at the game, they're sitting around there waiting for two or three hours, and your name's on the back of every single kid that's on the team. So it's conversation time with all the other parents in the, in the bleachers. Now, can that backfire at all? I don't know if the team really sucks, I guess. Or if they played dirty, there's a, um, uh, the Seahawks owners used to be Nordstrom. And John Nordstrom said, I don't like the pushback we are getting retail because we made a move on the team. So they sold the team. Their first priority was their, was Nordstrom, right? It, I guess if you go high enough, sure, you're going to have uh, alliances that are going to work against you. Like, I, you know, I, I love, I'm a NASCAR fan, mm. big, big NASCAR fan. And so everybody's got their favorite driver. So who's your favorite driver? Anybody who said... Um, Jimmy Johnson? Well, uh, Gordon. Okay. Anybody, anybody who said Gordon was hated instantly. Um, so, well, Gordon's a good racer. Why not? You know, or Dale Earnhardt. Everybody loved Dale Earnhardt and then his son, Dale Earnhardt mm-hmm. Jr. But, boy, if you if you like, uh, you know, Carl Edwards, well, he's a pretty good guy. Or, you know, I- any one of the Bush brothers, oh, and you're hit, now you're hated. So, yeah, I can see it's a double-edged sword, but honestly, that's not the level I'm talking about. No, but, there, but in our back in the day when I can't remember the – Arbor, uh, something Heights. Anyway, uh, there there were, there was a business that sponsored a team that was really not a very nice team. Oh, the cheating and all of that. Well, and they just played dirty. Oh. Yeah, and so, you know, as a kid, I don't remember thinking anything bad about the business because I didn't realize the... Well, like, like for instance, you, in. you sponsored Noah when he made the Ark. And, you know, while that was a good thing, you know, getting your name on the boat, you know, it kind of flooded the world and killed everybody. So that that would be bad kudos for you. Oh, we're going to not go down that road. <laughs> um, how about this? If you own a small little clothing shop, say like a little consignment shop, why not put a little message in a pocket of each and every item in that shop? Oh, that's a nice one. Yeah. Uh, instead of saying inspected by Javier... How about thank you for your purchase? It made our day. Or, you know, the world is a better place because of you. It comes with surprise and it delights. Well, and I'm going to throw this one in here. I, yeah. I got to be a little careful with this one. But um, consider serving on city council. Um, city council is a nonpartisan seat, although it's very political. Uh, it gets you out into the community where you can actually talk to people and learn the issues that are important to the constituents get you more active in your city. And it, it also 
fulfills an obligation that our forefathers set out. This is a government run of the people and by the people. people, Yeah. So yeah, I mean, don't, don't forget that there's some civic duty that you can do that, you know, provided you do a good job, you're really going to get known in the community. It's, it's a really good step to consider taking. And it's very much of a leadership role too. As small business owners, we are leaders in our community. Yeah. I mean, it's not for everybody. No, I I was in office for a while, but uh, you know, I, I played the politics around, but you know, it it was, it was a little vicious, but I knew that going into it. So, but you're looking for things that in my mind, always look for things that you can do for the community. Great, great uh, idea there. Um, Something to target. So success in business can be a fine line living on the razor's edge. If you can find just one thing that separates you from your competition, you will likely see success. Find something that you do well, better than anyone, and use that as your signature move. That is what people will know as the absolute truth about you. If you can find more than one of those things, that's even better. But be sure to create systems that you can support those things so that you are now efficient at being the best in whatever you've identified. When you do that, it will be difficult to copy. And now you have separation. You have to be intentional, committed, and above all, the best at it. You did not get into business for yourself to be average. You saw a need in the marketplace or a need within yourself to take that leap of faith. Whatever that reason was, it's time to separate yourself from the competition and watch your business soar. Ed, you got anything else before we move on to the quote of the day? You know, sometimes who you are makes a bigger difference than the statement of what you do. Now, that sounds like a quote in and of itself. Did you coin that? Did you write that yourself? I did. I love that. Quote of the day from Harry Milner. There are many paths to the top of the mountain, but only one view. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Business Buffet Podcast. If you came in hungry for some substantial business nuggets, we hope we left you satisfied. Pardon me. We invite you to visit our website, businessbuffet.page. Until next time, we hope you eat hearty in business.